When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Coach Unplug. So excited you decided to join us today. Before we jump into the into the podcast, I'd like to give a big shout out to our two sponsors. First of all, Dr. Dish, the number one shooting machine on the market. Um, you know, their customer service, even before they were sponsors, was unbelievable. It's one of the reasons I, I reached out to them and said, I want you to sponsor, be one of our sponsors on our podcast because I just believe in their machine so much and it's just helped our team win so many games. So uh, mention Coach Unplugged, they'll give you $350 off. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. It is the one-stop shop. It is my baby. Um, it's one of the reasons we're able to keep this free. We're not going to be charging for our podcast or our YouTube channel or anything like that. Um, but it's also run by a high school coach for high school coaches or youth coaches or even college coaches. Um, it's not run by a, a, a college. It's not Zoom. It's not all these Zoom calls. It's on court. It's demonstrations. It's videos. It's clinics. It's handouts. It's everything you need to become a better basketball coach in one-stop shop. So if it's not there, I will find it for you. <laughs> all right, let's head off to the podcast. Fine. All right, welcome to Coach Unplugged. All right, so, um, Coach, I've been wanting to have you on for a really long time. I think last year, somehow, we were trying to get on, um, but something didn't happen, and I don't know. I probably got fishing or started doing something and didn't do as many. And a world pandemic allows you to have more time. It's amazing. It's how that works. Um, So, Tim, I'm going to have you introduce yourself, kind of tell your basketball journey. the way I describe this to, to guests is just, I think everybody has a different journey in life. And I think it always, I think the listeners always love hearing kind of people's story. Um, and then uh, we're going to dive into kind of building a program kind of we, like we said before we came on air here, I think there's a lot of similarities in kind of our best, definitely in our basketball journey. And then uh, we'll dive from there. So go ahead and introduce yourself to the, um, to the, to the listeners and then just kind of tell them a little bit about you and your journey, your 
basketball journey or life journey, whatever that may be. Yeah. Go ahead. It's all yours. Yeah. Uh, so I grew up in Green Bay, Wisconsin. You know, I was one of those kids that, you know, played basketball, baseball, football, um, you know, really enjoyed all the sports. Uh, we played a lot of basketball as kids. You know, I think that's uh, the days, you know, you had your Loyola Marymonts and your UNLVs and you're trying to emulate all those kind of teams uh, when you're playing out in the playgrounds and things like that. So I uh, did a lot of that, played a ton in college. And when I got my first teaching uh, position, uh, which was in uh, Iowa, Iowa just switched from six on six to five on five girls basketball. And this was in 1993. Uh, so the school that hired me said, we need a girls basketball coach. And I was like, yeah, I could probably do it. So Iowa was, Iowa, there was th three on three offense and three on three defense in that Correct. point? Yes. And my wife's from Iowa and she played on one of those teams. She could only dribble twice. Couldn't steal the ball from anybody out of the lane. This was – 92 was the last year that they did that. I know. I tell my players that, and they look at me like I'm from Mars. I said, YouTube it. It's like, it's crazy. Like, oh. they go, that didn't happen in the 90s. I go, oh, yeah, it, <laughs> it did. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I went to Creighton, and we had some really good – offensively, there were some amazing players. Coaches really liked it a lot from what I understand. Uh, how the game went but, uh, well the one thing i could th i could think that would make it it would it would be intriguing to play it on both sides like if boys play it too what would what what is intriguing about that three on three is um i coach boys volleyball for seven years i don't know if you knew that um i just gave it up so i'm not coaching this fall <laughs> um i don't know what i was thinking literally don't know what i was thinking like seven years of doing volleyball then two weeks then basketball um, and I'm still married, which is amazing. Um, but uh, what, what's unique about it is I think kids could specialize a little bit more. You know what I mean? Like I could always find a spot on a volleyball court for at least boys for a, for a boy that was good at something. Like if you could play defense, you could play libero. You could be in the back. If you could do a tall and could block, I could find a spot in the front for you. Like that would be the one unique thing I think for some basketball programs is – you know, if you had a great offensive player and they couldn't play a lick of defense, you could you could find a spot for them on that three on three. It'd be interesting. Yeah, it was like my wife always joked because she was a defensive player, and whenever right. the coach got mad at him, she'd he'd make her shoot free throws during practice because that's something she never worked on at all. So she always laughed about that. But, oh, that's funny. Yeah, it was it was interesting. I had never seen it before, so it was really the kids would try to explain it to me. It's like we're trying to get ready for play five on five because it was a uh, at first year everybody just played two three zone except for us. I was a Dick Bennett disciple as far as defense went. But, right. Uh, it was just uh, everybody's just like, let's see if anybody can make any shots because half these kids have never shot before. Oh, God, I never thought about that. Yeah. So you, you were in a very unique world then, like, because mm -hmm. especially with them just starting. God, you could, you could almost write a book on that. Like, yeah, it was. Um, I think the thing that, like I said, being young and, you know, kind of growing up in these, you know, up-tempo basketballs and seeing all the thing on ESPN, you know, you think you know everything and you realize you know nothing. And, uh, and we struggled the first year. It took us a long time. And, you know, being a, a young 23-year-old coach, already coaching a varsity team is, is pretty crazy in itself. Right. Uh, but we had a really good boys coach named Bruce Chubbuck, whose son played in Nebraska for Danny Knee during that time. And after my first year, he's like, Tim, why don't you come to some clinics with me? And I was like, they do this? He's like, oh, yeah, right. they'll come, they'll talk basketball. And I had no idea. I thought everything was a big secret, you know, that nobody was willing to share anything. And after that, I was just hooked into coaching basketball. 
that I realize right. you can ask coaches questions and people, you know, you can actually have talks about basketball. I think I know less than I did 30 years ago. Like, <laughs> I, don't you think that? I think, I think youth is wasted on the, I think I, when I was 25 or 28 and a coach, I knew everything. Like Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Sometimes you're like, what, I don't know what the heck we're doing. So. Right. Right. I think that's so true. All right. So talk. So how long did you stay there? I was there for two years. I, like I said, I grew up in Wisconsin, moved back with my, my wife, Carla, who's an attorney here now in, in Beaver Dam. But uh, we met out there at Creighton. So she'd finished up with law school and wanted to take the bar one time. So uh, we came back to Wisconsin and we got a, kind of drew a triangle between Madison, Milwaukee and Green Bay and uh, ended up in this area. Ended up at Houstonsford for seven years. Had a great time there. Great, great school, Division Five school. Um, had a lot of success there. Four conference championships. Could never get... Uh, no past Randolph or some of those teams at that time that were right. really good, but uh, had a lot of fun. Kind of realized that smaller schools may be struggling at some time as I'm a math teacher as well. So I kind of wanted to make sure I was in a position that I wouldn't have to worry about that. Uh, so I kind of came over to Beaver Dam, which is about 20 minutes from there. And uh, waited three years for Jim Fisher, who coached here for 28 years. Uh, and then I got the head job here in 2005. Okay. Yeah. So 2005. So um, yeah, being a math teacher, and I think there's a lot of, we've had a lot of head coaches in our math department. It, I don't know if there's something about math teachers and FIAD teachers, but it, I think that, I don't know. It's interesting. Um, One thing that's nice is you try to be analytical. You try yeah. To be objective about things and everything's number driven. Yeah. Anybody asks you a question, it's like, this is the numbers. Well, you, <laughs> you should be a stat, like, you should be a stats teacher. I teach statistics yeah. all day. <laughs> So, so I coach golf as well, which is great because it's like, hey, it's your score. Nobody ever argues about golf because it's like your score. Like, the best players play because of their scores. So. Right. I, that's what I always said. I said, I can always retire and become a swim coach. It's like, <laughs> you know, boop, you're faster. You get to go. You know, I mean, <laughs> mom yeah, and dad aren't calling you Friday night after the game and saying, why isn't Johnny playing more? You know, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I can never, I have never had that. I've coached golf for quite a few years. I don't ever remember having anybody say, well, no, they didn't get the play. Why didn't they get the play? You know, kind of thing. So. And, I, and, and you and I have won a lot of games. I can tell you, when you do win, the phone doesn't ring as much. Uh, but, really, like, I've, I've had some very interesting, like, you know, 23 and 3 season. If you play this kid more, you guys would be really good, you know, kind of things like that. So it's oh, good. I got a story for you. You'll love this one. <laughs> I, had, I, had a, I had a parent, a mom call me. The, when we used to play three games, which we won't get started on the WIA and why they got rid of <laughs> Division One games because we don't have enough time, eight Division One teams at the state tournament because I don't have enough time. But anyway, um, I don't remember. Come what, on for another segment for that one because I agree. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. They, anyway, they, I think they should be three divisions of eight. Yes, that's, my, yes. that, that's what I think it should be. More kids will get to play. My big issue, and I don't know, they don't do it up at the rush, I don't think, either, but do you, were you ever there when they had the shoot-around before the games? When we made it to state in 2010, that was probably the highlight. We got beat right away first game that year. That was probably the highlight, seeing all the different schools there for the shoot-arounds. It was awesome. I, 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 just, I, ref I just don't know why they got – I mean – our kids that makes me more mad. I can live with the eight teams, the same amount of teams every division. I can live with that. I can't live with something that's not good for kids. Yeah. When you got rid of the shoot around, that wasn't good for kids. Um, so what I'm describing to listeners, because we have listeners all around, is they used to spend the entire day before the state tournament with a shoot around where you'd get 20 minutes 
on the court that you would play on and it was reverse order. So we tended to be first because we tended to be closest to the arena because we're in Madison and the state tournaments in Madison. Sometimes we were second if Edgewood made it or somebody like that. But, and then uh, what we would do is they'd get out of school it would be like, no, it'd be Wednesday. It wouldn't be Thursday. It'd be Wednesday. And then you would do the 20 minute shoot around. And then we would usually take our guys out to, to, um, to uh, breakfast. And then we'd send them back to school because we want our routine. We'd have our normal practice. I have pictures of my, of my, my, my little, my little guy is graduating from high school in a week. And I have pictures of him. I have pictures of my daughter on that court. It is the happiest time you are as a coach everyone gets on the floor everybody gets that you know not every kid gets on that cold center floor um but they do then and that's why you know i'm just ugh. i fought well, that hard too i want you to know i was and i was on the executive board i fought that hard like why are you taking that away um it was a i think it's a special money. day for our kids i mean it really was um we had there we got there cuba city was there Pius was there vincent was there so we're coming in and we're our kids I and mean, we had not been there and our kids had never seen like that. And they were just like, wow, this is unbelievable. Right. And it's where you can take the pictures and everyone's happy. And, um, oh yeah, it's just, it's, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful time and a wonderful situation at that point. Um, so 2005. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, was it 2005? Yeah. 2005 yeah. was the year you got it. So you, <laughs> similar to the similar to my program, I was the only applicant at Memorial when I took it over. No one else wanted my job. No one else applied. That's how bad it was. Um, so it took some time to kind of turn this thing around. Yeah, I would say that's a, a for true. true. Uh, you're pretty jealous of other coaches who kind of pop in right away and get in there. But uh, yeah, I mean. We had a lot of kids that were pretty good athletes, but they just were not basketball players really at all. Um, you know, I saw the potential there with the athleticism, but we needed to, you know, make some changes. I think the one thing is just getting kids to want to compete in basketball. Really good softball programs have been to state during that time, really good volleyball programs, some good track athletes. Um, I mean, they were had success, but it just was not basketball. And I think a lot of the kids were three-sport athletes at basketball was number three. Right. So, uh, I think one of my first, you know, real challenges is like, I'm like, I'm coming from a school of 150 kids and I'm coming to a school of 1200 at that time and being like, okay, we're going to go do this thing in the summer and not being able to get any kids to go just because nobody was committed to basketball at that time. Right. So, all right. So let's walk. So I, I you know, coach is one of the winningest coaches in the state of Wisconsin. He's not going to, he's not going to toot his own horn. I will do it. Um, I, I personally believe he's probably going to break the record that Memorial has. It's probably the one that's the hardest in the state. I, you know, we had 14 consecutive conference championships, I think. 14 or 15, I don't remember. Pretty tough. <laughs> um, which is, un I mean, he's got 11 right now in a row. Uh, you know, three state. I mean, he's going to break that record. I can't imagine he won't. Um, but that, th those are insane. Those are insane his, his, I think your, your, your winning percentage is, is like your 400 and 163, um, which with is with a hard, tough stretch in there though, because with a, we I, I refer to my team. tough stretch. So, yeah. so what I'm trying to get to, and, 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 and coach and I have very similar, you know, I'm mm -hmm. like, I'm like in the low 400s and the low 100. So him and I have very similar records. And what I tell people is, first of all, Rome wasn't built in a day. Um, 
and there's a lot of people behind that that record um but what i'm gonna have you do is kind of go through your um i'm gonna have you kind of go through what you think some of the keys are to to this and then i'll jump in i think like i said i think we have a lot of similarities um i refer to my you you were 0 and 21 your first season second season yep, second, second season i lost i call i refer to it as we refer to it in our program as the streak um <laughs> Where we lost, we 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 beat a team. I won't say which team it was, and then we lost every game that season until we played that team again. <laughs> we refer to it as a streak. Um, but everybody, I think you gotta kind of go through that. Like, um, I mean, again, I'm jealous of the people that just stepped in and yeah. don't do that. But I think it makes it sweeter for you and I when you have experienced that because. It's really about the kids. It's really about that. And, um, you know, we both have had really good players too. So, um, yeah, it's, um, yeah, it, it, you're right because it does really challenge you in so many ways and you start yes. having a lot of doubt about what you believe in. And, and, I then, and then when you have talent, so I'm going to tell all the people who are listening, <laughs> when you have talent, then you're only winning because you have talent. So I'm just like coaches laughing. <laughs> He's heard the exact same things I've heard for 20 years. It's like, ah, oh, you know, they only win because they're good. And they got, you know, two, I mean, I've had NBA guys. Oh, they only won because they had what? It's like, whatever. <laughs> I mean, you have to become very, you have to become very secure in your own skin if you're going to do this thing. And um, you won't become as popular. Like when you're, when you're 0-21 and you've lost, you know, 14 in a row, like, we, you know, you become very popular. People like you a lot better than when you beat them for, 14 straight years kind of thing. <laughs> I lost 29 in a row. And like I said, I came from like a pretty successful smaller school program. And I, I was more trying to build the foundation. I wasn't considering wins and losses. I was like, let's do the right, right. things. Right. And then after we finally broke that 29 game losing streak, I remember the first thing in the quarter, how does it feel to get the streak over? I didn't even realize we had a streak. I was just trying to, you know, do th things the right way. I, I, for me, I wasn't focusing on that. I was, I was focusing more on big picture type of thing. Well, and I, and it's big. I think it's two things, and I'll have you jump in and, t and you can describe some of the keys. But I think it's part of it is making, like I, I'm a math teacher. We were talking. We're both math teachers, so I always make little goals. So my first little goal was to have a winning season because that's how bad they were. My second goal was to beat Janesville Craig. Like so, you can realize that. Suter was there. They were the perennial. Like, I set little goals. You know, next one was I wanted to be in the top three in conference. I didn't, my first goal was not to win a state championship and be nationally ranked. It was like, I just literally want, I can remember sitting in the shower thinking, God, if we can get two more wins, we'll be above 500. You know, just thinking like, it, I wasn't thinking, and that's the problem. I think people don't you're not going to get in the NBA finals in the, your first season, probably yeah. kind of thing. It's like, you got it. It's, it's baby steps. So um, I'm going to have you kind of talk through some sure. of the, some of what do you think the keys have been in your program? And then when we circle back around, we'll, we'll talk about why the WI won't um, <laughs> let us play in bigger tournaments than four yeah. teams. And anyway, we got, we got lots kinda, of things. Just, just like what you say, as far as goal, I mean, I came to Beaver Dam, I was hoping to maybe win one conference championship. And maybe right. get the state. Maybe get the state. That would have been uh, a thing. And you know, and that's kind of a. I look back on my interview as like the vision I had for him is our vision is we want to get the state. Uh, right. You know, that was kind of a thing where you know you have to see that big picture and believe you can do it. 
um, and things like that. And, you know, um, you know, Jim Valvano always said, you got to have a dream. You know, you can't just, you know, not have a dream. So uh, that was kind of the dream. And I, and I talked to my guys, like I, yeah. I'll sit in our preseason and I'll say, you know, we talk about winning state championships all the time, but I say, everybody wants to win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no one's going in that one. No goal isn't to win. It's like, you got to, how do we get to that step? Like, I think that's, I think that's super important. All right, go ahead, coach. I'm sorry. Yeah. So yeah. Then the vision, you know, as far as that, and then how we're going to do that is just really felt that, and I had been there for a few years to kind of see it and just getting that competitive nature. It really bothered me. Like we had, a, I thought a really good team one of the years I was assistant. And after the first game of the season, you know, a conference game and we lose and all the kids are laughing after the game. And that, I, t- I take that stuff personally. There's a pride to, to know what we do and that we want to do well. So that was one thing is getting, you know, that competitive nature in kids. And, it, and it, how did yeah, you do that? How did you do that? Tried to find the right kids. Felt that year I had a good group of freshmen, which I probably brought a few of them up too early. But they were competitive <laughs> kids. They were. I mean, looking back on it, I don't know if I would have done it the same way. I might have just played it out with those kids, but being a competitor, and nobody goes into a season saying, gosh, we're going to have a losing season this year. Right. You're going to find kids that you want to go in with that you know are going to compete for you. I think that's a real, I mean, I don't know if it was Bob Suter with somebody. It's like, it's, it's like making soup. You know, you got to find the right mixture of, you know, um, carrots and, you know, stock and all that kind of stuff when you're making your soup. And I, lo- I love the idea of like, I always tell people that's one of the most important days of my season is the day I pick my team. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. And it's know. not about, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, I, the kids that were kind of at that first year, it's like, well, why are we not doing well? I'd ask them, I'll try to see what they're saying. Cause you know, sometimes the kids don't have the same, you know, vision or understanding what's going on there. They, I kept on saying, well, we're just missing shots. We're just missing shots. We're just missing shots. And it was so much more than that, you know, uh, and that's why I really tried to, vision I tried to instill early was kind of a bad style of defense and you know my UNLV kind of had to wait a little bit at that point you know right right uh, but just to take care of the basketball and value the basketball and take good shots so uh, that was a big thing with the vision I think you know just as far as what we wanted to be uh, okay as far as a high school program I think along with that though then just at that time in our uh, old coach Jim Fisher we were just starting our youth program for boys and girls at that point our uh, positive groups program and um you know i knew we needed basketball but i didn't quite know what was going to look like as far as that and how we're going to run it we had a man named tom brooks who was really good as far as uh um not the basketball side but just organizing things and creating kind of a, a model that would be you know going for years and that model that we started back then which is probably like 2003 2004 still goes today and is probably one of the best youth organizations that boys and girls work together and share everything I believe in the state and probably the nationwide. So explain how you explain your youth program. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. We just, we have a third through eight youth program, and, uh, you know, both boys and girls, and, you know, it's a run under one umbrella. We host a couple tournaments. You know, every team is kind of developed on their own. 
Uh, we try very, very hard not to, to have a no cup policy, um, but it's serious competitive basketball on both sides. So uh, right, and then we and, we, and, we, and Marcus and I started. I initially we were separate. Um, I don't remember when, like ten years ago or eight years ago, when we came together. Um, but one of the reasons was your program. It's like, well, look what Beaver Dam's doing. Yeah. You know, we were trying to on our girls program. We had a good girls team this year. Um, anybody that saw them, but uh, <laughs> very talented. Um, but the reason we were able to get Marcus has put a lot of work into that. And part of the reason we were able to get to that point is um, I think we, we, we put that, we put, put us together and put it on a, under one umbrella, um, you know, had a board, had our athletic director on that board to kind of help move it in the right direction. Um, and it's amazing. It's amazing when both the boys and girls teams are good. Um, it's a yes. special thing in the winter. It really is. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. We had a few years ago, our first trip up to state, the boys lost on a sectional game to Cedarburg and Cedarburg had some of their really good teams. Right. There. It was just basketball that year. I think there were two losses during the regular season that year. Yeah. Um, they had a really good team that yeah, year. I remember I mean, that it was team. Just like, oh, it was, it was awesome. I mean, Jim was packed every night uh, for both of us. And, uh, you know, and it's, it was nice when they set it up that we, um, we had a board, but any basketball decisions were just basically at the discretion of the varsity coach. Okay. That's how we set that up. And that was a Tom Brooks. And I give him so much credit for setting that up that way that you didn't have, you know, everybody questioning, well, how come you're doing this? How come you're doing this? And we have discussions about things because issues always come up. But when it comes to specific basketball type of things, the head coach has the final say. And do you, uh, do you, do you have issues with gym space? At first we did. It was really – it was, this is one of my funniest lines because we had an AD at the time that used to tell us that gym need, gyms need rest. <laughs> so it's like, no. And it was just like, it was, it was very hard for me at that time being a new coach. It was my first year. It's like, we just got off of a bad season. It's like, I'm the kind of guy, let's get the gym open up, give kids opportunities. Let's find out who wants to work. Right. There's a lot of, we need the gyms to rest. Um, that changed, you know, through some different people. Uh, we have a lot of elementary gyms. Uh, our new high school gym is fabulous. Uh, middle school gym is really nice. Unfortunately, somebody drove into it last year, and the gym got flooded when the fire started, and it was a crazy thing. I don't know if you heard about that. So, no, what yeah. happened? Somebody drove drove into it. Drove into the middle school like like five days before school. A huge fire started. The fire department came out and basically really nice gym. And for whatever reason, we have a our middle school has a college length floor, which is awesome to both practice on. Uh, and even play there. So, uh, but yeah, so that gym was uh, not available through the last half of 2019. Wow. Yeah, but then it, it got back in 2020. We like to get some high school teams both there. As I said, okay. the college length floor is great for great for conditioning. But, uh, kids always know what kind of practice they're going to have. Well, play. that's one of my theories about the, the game of basketball. I don't think there needs to be a lot of changes, but I think the court is too small. Oh, yeah. um, at the high school level, like with my guys, it should be actually wider. It should be longer, <laughs> but it should be wider. It's too narrow. Like 84 feet for some of these boys right now is not, it's, oh my God. It's, you know, watching all the old videos of games, you know, popping up during this time and just understanding how the athletes have changed so much. I mean, I think the skill was always there for a lot of players, but just the athleticism is just amazing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I mean, what you watch like a women's college and WNBA game, how they've improved so much. I mean, I, I look from when I started, I, I always talk about this because it's always funny going back to my first practice. I'm all excited. First drill. Tammy Lang's going to shoot our first layup of our first drill. Who was a uh, defensive player the year before. Goes in for a layup, shoots it over the basket. 
<laughs> that was my very first drill as a high school basketball coach. And I never forget it because I was like, this is what it's going to be. All right. All right. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I just, I always think about that when I watch it, like kids that we've had now and going on to play in college and things. And it's just like, wow. So, so you think building the youth is a huge part of it? Well, absolutely. I mean, you're, you're going to have pockets of teams, I think, always, because you're going to have those few kids that are going to be really good. Yep. Uh, but it's going to keep it going together. I think, I think it makes it a concept. So here's what I tell, here's what I tell young coaches when they ask, I said, you're right. You, you know, everybody will have that team that will be really good. Yeah. Um, and then you'll have, you know, if you coach for 30 years, you're going to have a couple stretches where you get a couple groups of kids and you're going to be able to make a run at the thing. Um, probably if you're, you know, um, but to consistently win over time, you got to have a youth program. Um, because that's it's your triple a it's your feeder um you know i i i you know be watching your program from afar that's what impresses me so much is it's not it's not one season after another it's season after season after season after season of of young of them being competitive um and you winning um what i tell people is i knew i kind of we had turned the corner when at some point everyone in my during our heyday during that entire stretch at some point we were com at one everybody in the conference was competing with us <laughs> you know what i mean they had their they had their little run and they were like whoa right. um so i think that's you know i think that's a, a hats off to you because i think probably that youth program looking back is one of the one of the turning points for your you know it took some while to get the reap the benefits right. from yeah it, i mean we tried to model after i mean you look at good programs when you're starting things i think you you look at what are good programs doing what we can model at that time we really liked what kimberly was doing yeah west was having a lot of success columbus was right down the road from us and that's hard when you got a school that's 20 minutes from you is a lot smaller than half the size of your school about a third of the size of your school right beating us time after time after time after time right and that's that's hard for uh you know to kind of accept that when that's going on right Right. Okay. So what else coach? I, I agree. I 100% yeah. for, especially for the young coaches listening, man, that you, and that should be part of your interview process. Like, oh, how yeah. can I, yeah. <laughs> it's, and, and you, you have to do, I mean, it's the, the vision that I had with that, but then, you know, having people kind of go along with that. So I didn't really start one of that much at the other school. I just kind of let it ride, I guess, a little bit. Right. We did it, but we didn't really have a plan. I guess you need a plan. Um, I, after that, I would say, you know, you really got to have people that you trust. And that's what's hard, especially I think you get into a new community or something where you're not maybe there a lot. It's like, who do you really trust and, you know, who do you have on your side? Because everybody at that time, and it took me a long time to understand this, people want what's best for their kids, but their kids aren't always there for a long time. So that's what's difficult, I think. So you got to find the people that you can really so trust. Say, so say that, again, say that again, Coach, because I think that's a golden nugget for, yeah. for coaches to listen to. Yeah. Um, Say, say that statement about their kids and then we'll jump yeah, in. Yeah, well, everybody wants what's best for their kids. I mean, I think that's the thing. They do. And so anytime, you know, and that's I, when I'm doing – and I try to have a pretty good communication lines with parents. I, I let them know ahead of time what my expectations are and what's really going to happen. And probably if they talk to me, your kid may play less because now I'm going to feel pressure to play your kid and that's not what's best for the team. Right. But at the same time – uh, you understand what they're asking is what is they, they want what's best for their kids. Well, they, they love here's what I here's here's what I always tell you, especially when I you know hire a new freshman coach. I said, 
um, they love their kids more than anything. That's what they are. They are, they are, they are tunnel vision when it comes to their kids. And that's great. Um, when you're talking to them, you have to talk, remember you're talking to an irrational person <laughs> and you can't be rational with an irrational person because love is a blind thing and they are being irrational because they love their kid. I also tell young coaches that eventually they're going to leave and you're still exactly. going to be there. Oh, That's yeah. what coach is getting to is they leave and then they're not coming back to, you know, in a smaller town, maybe they come back, but, um, you know, I, you know, they don't come back and watch games 10 years after their kid leaves sometimes, but those are, those are far and few between. They're not watching like they were when their kid was playing. So it's, it's, it's crazy to think of it now because I just remember at the time how everybody was giving me advice. You're doing this. You need to do this. You need to do this. Right. And then, you know, you don't see them for 10, 12 years. And then we all of a sudden we have our success and you run into somebody in the grocery store and someone's like, oh, you guys are the best. And it's like, and you don't come back and say, hey, you know, 12 years ago, you said this about me. But you remember right. it. You do right. remember it. Shoot. I, oh, I remember. I mean, I got the job and it's like, why'd they hire that young guy? Uh, <laughs> they're ready to fire me before I coach my first yeah. game. It's like, yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. But I think that I think that's an important thing for a young coach is, you know, people you can trust, I think, is, is that second golden nugget you talked about, coach? Is, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I was really, really lucky to have Allison Wilkie and her husband, Matt. Obviously, their kids have obviously, you know, are pretty good basketball players, right. too. But just their passion and love for the game. Now, we don't see basketball exactly the same. You know, we're, we have a different somewhat philosophies about game, but we, we like good basketball. I mean, we right. really have that. But she always had my back about things, about everything, you know, when we were good and bad. And, and the times that she's put in, she just – she had coached a lot of our other teams, but this year's senior class that just graduated, she coached that group. She has another group coming in next year that she coached a lot of time. And her and her husband did so much for the game of basketball in Beaver Dam. I mean, there are people that have just – they're, like, going to be in the basketball hall of fame in the state of Wisconsin sometime just for friends of the game for what they've done for basketball for this community because it's uh, been so much. And how long have those, your two assistants been around with you? Well, those people started our youth program from the beginning. Allie was started coaching with me. She was already on staff before I got the job and stayed on staff then at that point. So she kind of always liked the role. She's an English teacher, and she just always thought that being a varsity coach would probably be too much time. Right. Paper grading and things like that. But she loves basketball. Best skills coach. I mean, she has a lot of time in our practices where she just comes in and loves to do her skill work on both sides of the ball. And, uh, you know, I always say, you tell me how much time you need what we need to work on and you got it and right. uh, so I mean that's the kind of where she does and um but I mean this year she just helped us out so much so uh, she's that the youth coaches is always hard because people always say, what kind of youth coaches you get because well, we don't want to get parents but it's like well, who else are you really going to get a lot of time it's not like we're paying these people to coach right um, so you have to find a parent the, the hard thing I thought in the beginning is we just and I didn't know a lot of people and I came in but you'd get the people that were coaching basketball, but their kid wasn't really into basketball that much. And they were more into getting ready for softball, soccer, you know, whatever other next season was coming on. And I really, as we moved on, tried to find the coach that a lot of times they have a kid who was one of the better players and also have somebody who was really how do you pick? How do you pick – this is a good question for youth program things, and we'll, we'll circle back to the circle – um, do you pick the team? Like I have my, myself and my coaches help evaluate the youth kids and we put them on teams. 
Um, yeah, the nice thing with girls, now boys have been a little bit harder because they get more kids. We tend to have somewhere between that 10 to 16 players on a team. Okay. That's kind of what we have. I know other schools, like when Kimberly would always have like 30 kids and things like that. Right. And that gets to be harder. And, you know, a couple of those earlier years, because it seems like when you get somebody new, everybody wants to play that. Because, oh, it's going to be the new thing. So we used to have a lot of those teams. And the day after we'd split into an A, B team would be one of the longest days of my life because I'd have every parent on the B team calling me, well, I'll come, you know, and it was just that. And then all of a sudden you'd get kids quitting that B team never ended up being very good. So what we do is we practice, especially at the younger ages, everybody always practices together. Always. Okay. And like I said, for girls, it's nice because it's not like 30 kids on our team. I think the most we had on our team this year was 16. Okay. A lot of them are like 10 to 12. Yep. Um, and then they split off in tournaments. And I kind of tell the coaches, now third, fourth grade, they split pretty evenly usually when they go to tournaments. Fifth, okay. sixth grade, because they have some of the state stuff they'll do, they'll, they'll kind of split in some, but there are some that they'll play the top kids together. Everybody gets to go to state, but it's not going to be equal playing time in that. And then seventh and eighth grade kind of gets to be a little bit more because you don't want to turn them off like what i've noticed and you can tell me if this is correct girls will and i have a daughter who who would rather be on broadway than pick up a basketball so that's cool i mean i love it um they they run for the hills faster than boys do right um you know if it's not something fun they're they're out of there um it's social for a lot of those kids it is it is it really is it's not i mean I always tell people there's more in, in Beaver Dam. This is, there's probably street cred for girls that play basketball just because of how successful you've been. But for a, for a young boy all around the country, if you can play in third or fourth grade in the elementary school, you get street cred. Like, you know, you go to recess and you can play, you got cred. I'm not sure it's necessarily always the case, but I'm definitely guarantee it is in Beaver Dam. Like it's, you, it's a big deal and everybody kind of knows yeah, now. Um, yeah. And we do, I mean, we've got our younger kids stuff that we do real during the um, winter, we have like uh, Sundays where we have K first, second grade, where our high school kids basically run it. Right, and that's it, awesome. It's fun stuff. It's not like we're, you know, everybody's like, oh, come there. It's like, this is supposed to be fun. It's, I mean, it's got to be fun. If it's not fun, they're not going to come back. It's called fundamentals yeah. at that age. Yeah. Fundamentals, yeah. I agree. So I let's, talk, let's, let's talk about your staff some more. Yeah, um, so yeah, I mean, Allie's been with me at the beginning. We've kind of had some other coaches that have kind of come and gone. Um, from specifically from the high school level, our team really changed a lot in 2010 when Dan Hallman agreed to come on to be our top assistant with the high school program. So okay. Dan was a boys coach, a uh, successful boys coach in Beaver Dam. Uh, lost in a sectional final one year to one of those really good Vincent teams, and Vincent was in their heyday. Yep. So he had done a lot, and he just decided that uh, you know he kind of needed to get away and coach some middle school, just some things with some younger kids in that. But he, he always said, I probably don't really – want to be a varsity coach necessarily again but I really would like to be an assistant sometime and we were on a golf trip together and just started talking and it's like we kind of have so much of the similar philosophy about things I'm sorry what do you do on defense what do you do in transition and it was just like we got two people and he's probably the most competitive guy I've ever been around which I really like and right. felt we needed and um, he came in in 2010 and I still remember when we had you know we Dan and I had known each other for three four years but in our first team meeting at the start of the season, he told the girls, and we realized we had gone from, you know, 4-17, and 0-21, oh 5-16, and 11-10, uh, and 10, which is better, but it's still not there. He comes in the meeting and says, we better make it to state this year. We're good enough to get to state. We better make it. And it just changed. I just thought it was the right message at the right time. We did make it to state that year. 
right. which was crazy. And it was all based on a really good sophomore class, really. But it was just his attitude that we were going to do whatever we can. And he's been with me this this whole time. And uh, we just complement each other. Really I, th- I tell people, I think this, I, so I think youth program, for people listening, building a program, I think youth program is big. Like, mm-hmm. I might put that one. But if I, I would put this as 1A, your staff is literally your family. Absolutely. <laughs> and I've had two staffs in 30 or, or in 25 years, two staffs, basically. Yeah. You know, um, w- when the staff I have now leaves, I'm done. Like, uh, <laughs> because the only reason I'm still coaching is because I have a great staff. I'm, yeah. It is. It's the only reason. And, um, and you need, it's good to have people that, are, you know, have some of your vision. But at the same time, like I said, Allie's different. It's good to have that. She challenges me a lot, which I don't always appreciate. But right. It's good for me. I, it's good for me that she does that. And Dan does too. Dan challenges. We challenge each other a lot. We're always sending emails back and forth during the day. It's like, did you do this? Did you do this? Even well, and I, and I, and I tell coaches, I tell coaches, and, and here's what I think. You need coaches to compliment yourselves, but compliment what you're good at and what you're not good at. Mm-hmm. Like I have an assistant coaches is almost like, um a a ga he does all the administrative stuff for me now i don't do any of it he does most of my scouting he'll i'll jump in you know in the in the 20th hour and look over the stuff i have another coach who's great on the offensive end Mm -hmm. you know i have another coach who questions i mean it's like you need i think you need people to compliment you if you put an exact staff that seems exactly like you that's not helping not gonna work not gonna work no No. you don't want yes men yeah Yes, so got, those two are just top notch. Uh, we had a coach, Corey Franke, who was uh, been in our youth program all the way through eighth grade. And everybody's like, oh, what, let's get him in the need. Coach Paige Schumann is at Eastern Illinois and Allie Van Lee playing out in North Dakota. So a really successful class, a 2019 class for us. Right. And when he was done coaching that group as eighth grade, everybody's like, oh, come coach this team, coach this team. And I just said, hey, do you want to come up and help up with the high school? Right. And he's like, really? And I'm like, oh, yeah. Well, I goes, what would you, I mean, what do you want to do? And he has a, you know, a full-time job, so the hours are tough for him sometimes. But he just came in and gave us another positive voice. You know, whatever needed to be done, he would help him, you know. Uh, and his, you know, learning was different about the scouting and video preparation and things like that was something new for him, but he was really excited. And uh, I think you caught on something there too. Sometimes we get stagnant. I know as a staff, we know Mm -hmm. each other so well. Um, So I always bring in new people. Like we'll have a meeting in the next couple weeks. Hey everybody. Hope you enjoyed that. If you want to hear more of these, (laughs) go over and uh, join teachhoops.com. A uh, 14-day free trial allows us allows us to do this, and then subscribe, like, jump up and down, do whatever you got to do. Um, tell us how. Tell us what you want to hear in the future. Steve at teachups.com. All right, have a great day. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply